It's time to travel with Anita. From across town to around the world, she covers it all. Spanning the globe for more than four decades, Anita has been to over 100 countries and territories and is the host of the Lowell Thomas Bronze Award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel. From load transportation fares to travel insurance concerns, safety to savings, Anita gets you there and back with a smile along the way. Now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas. Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, there are getaways, and then there are those very special getaways, ones that take you to a place and a space that maybe you've been dreaming about for years and years, a place that may seem magical even or somehow out of reach. Now, I have a couple of destinations that through the years I have loved from afar, and one by one I've made my way to to go and visit them so that I make that dream come true. And I always wanted to see the rock formations that you'll find out west, the arches that are formed from years and years and years of the environment shaping them into these magnificent forms that in some cases it really seems like they defy gravity, but they are natural and not man-made. Now I had a chance to visit Arches National Park, one of the places I had been dreaming of visiting. I was invited by the Rocky Mountaineer to take their train journey from Moab, Utah to Denver, Colorado on their Red Rocks to the Rockies route. It is spectacular. The journey is, uh, I'm going to share it on the show, but I can tell you that along the journey, there's so much to see. Now, part of your experience traveling from Moab to Denver is exploring the national parks and excursions around the area. I had a chance to visit, as I mentioned, Arches National Park. And while there, I walked on the Sand Dunes Arch Trail and the Double Arch Trail and also went over to Canyons Land National Park for a spectacular view of the canyons for miles and miles and miles. You too can have this same experience on the Rocky Mountaineer. Now, their name is probably very familiar to you because I experienced their Canadian route last year where I traveled from Vancouver to Banff. It was amazing also, and that experience was really fantastic. It's one you want to do as well. But now fairly new is this routing that takes you through the U.S. Red Rocks to the Rockies. And while recently traveling with them, I relaxed in the lounge car and had a chance to chat with several of the staff. Now, Carolyn Rohaley, the communications manager, who I also traveled with last year, shared a lot of details about the Rocky Mountaineer Company, and I want to share those with you now. Rocky Mountaineer began in 1990, and we operate all daylight train journeys that connect iconic destinations. So as you said, Anita, we had you on, you joined us for our Vancouver to Banff route, which is probably our most famous one. It's called First Passage to the West. And now, as as your listeners now know, uh, you're on Rockies to the Red Rocks with us, and it travels between Moab to Denver. And more about the history of Rocky Mountaineer was that we wanted to be able to have our guests enjoy the scenery longer. So that's why we operate on daylight hours. Um, so there is no sleeping on rock, on a Rocky Mountaineer train. You stop midway through uh, to take a rest and um, and then relax so you're ready for day two of your trip. Carolyn, I feel like a lot of times, although I'm media and I meet up with groups, that I'm a solo traveler. And I know many people are looking at solo travel, especially coming out of the pandemic. They're ready to go. Friends and family may not be ready to go. What about solo travel on Rocky Mountaineer? 
Rocky Mountaineer is great for solo travelers. Uh, we have it. It's really a friendly, warm, socialized, social atmosphere. You have you're in this wide open uh, coach, and then um, you just find that you start making friends easily. You start talking to your to the person across the aisle, and then when somebody on board says. You know, eagle on the left. Then everybody looks at the eagle on the left, and then you start making friends that way. And then also dining, you start talking about that amazing meal that you're having, and you, and you really, and you start sharing stories as well with, um, with our Rocky Mountaineer team and with the, and the people you're meeting on board. So really, I recommend, or we recommend Rocky Mountaineer for solo travelers. Come on, and you make friends really easily. It's nothing like making a train journey friend. Absolutely. I count you as my friend now. And I. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We've been friends now for a little over a year. A little over a year. <laughs> Our friendships first started going Vancouver to Banff, and now it has extended from uh, Moab to Denver. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We just have to keep adding routes to our friendship. But now, I want you to tell me a little bit, though, about some of the other routes, though, in Canada. Because you mentioned already about the one from Vancouver, Vancouver to Banff. And I did that one with you. That's when our friendship started. But what about another route? Because there, is it an additional one? Yes, there are. Uh, so the Vancouver to Banff route is called First Passage to the West. That is our most well-known. Then we also have a second two-day route that is called Journey Through the Clouds. That goes Vancouver to Jasper and that also stops in Kamloops, like our first passage to the West route that stops in Banff. Then we have our third route that is three days and that is Rainforest to the Gold Rush and that is Vancouver to Whistler to Quesnel and finally ends in Jasper. Now the beauty is you can do one route or you can combine them all in a circle journey and really treat yourself to just an amazing experience and combine uh, a few of them and and start start or end in Vancouver and you can be on the rails for longer and then get that Rocky Mountaineer magic experience. Yeah, I like that idea because, I mean, once you're on board and once you've come, especially for, you know, the listeners, we would have traveled from Georgia or the surrounding area, uh, the broadcast area, and that would be great to combine them all. So would that end up being about maybe a five-day or six-day trip or something like that? Yep, yeah, there's there's a lot. Actually, Our all of our journeys uh, are basically, you can look at a two-day journey for one night at the very first end of the spectrum and then we also have some that are that can be 10 days so it's really up to you how much time you want to to spend in the mountains and in these beautiful destinations and on board i love the idea of a 10 day one <laughs> me too shall we I go on it. a trip together yeah let's okay it. let's we, do it we can start planning now okay because we still have a few hours before we arrive in denver because we're having we're sitting on having this chat while we're actually on the route uh that's the Red Rocks to the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're headed to Denver now. And the last part of our journey. So and may, may I add, uh, yes, very sad, but you know what? May I add that we are enjoying this chat in a fantastic lounge car, which is on Rockies to the Red Rocks, which isn't on any of our Canadian routes. That is one benefit of traveling Rockies to the Red Rocks on our southwestern U.S. Oh. route um, because you you get the chance to enjoy a lounge car um, with elevated cocktails and but still you get and and a player piano so it really feels like you're getting an elevated train experience we don't have anyone singing yet but that might happen this routing here you can either start in Denver or you can start in Moab so 
is there any advantage to one or the other? Because I know in Moab we had a, ch a chance to really do some exciting things. Right. There's, there's, it's really up to your personal preference, and that's what we offer to our guests. We have so many packages, and and you can customize them for, for your trip and and how you want to travel and enjoy mm -hmm. your journey. So, uh, I loved this direction from Moab to Denver because we got to do our adventure exploring. Um, Anita and I went on a great <laughs> Hummer trip. A sunrise, a sunset Hummer trip. So you can do all that uh, adventuring before you get on the train, and then you can relax on your way back to Denver. Yeah. But you could also do it alternately if you want to start in Denver and start with your uh, with the city experience, mm -hmm. then relax, and then gear up to your adventure time in Moab. It's really a, per a personal preference. And you have to do the, the Hummer experience. I mean, I don't have any nails left, and some of my hair is missing because uh, I was screaming and pulling all of that out. But it was an unbelievable, thrilling, exhilarating experience. And I really didn't know you could drive on rocks like that. So <laughs> I know. It's amazing. And, and that's the, the beauty of, uh, of a lot of our destinations, like Moab or Banff, Jasper, um, wherever a Rocky Mountaineer journey ends you can add on experiences like that we have wonderful partners so like in moab we had moab adventure center which did operate the hum hummer tours so you you can on our website you can explore the different add-ons experiences that you um that you can so you can enhance your trip and yeah. it, it really make it your own yeah, because we also did the Arches National Park, which was, it's always been a dream of mine to come and see that because I'm so fascinated with all the rock formations. So definitely that would be one I would suggest for people to, to, to add on because we all love our national parks and that's a great way to, to get that one in. Now there's more to come, but I'll stop here. And when I come back, I talk further with Carolyn and the Rocky Mountaineer crew. Back in a minute here on Travel with Anita and Friends. by train is one of the first modes of transportation moving us across the country from 1825 until today. Travel by train is a unique and thrilling experience. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. The mention of a train journey brings images of days gone by and the luxury of being whisked along the rails as the beautiful scenery passes by. Now you can have just that experience like I did on board the Rocky Mountaineer. I travel from Moab, Utah to Denver, Colorado on their Rockies to the Red Rocks route. And I had a chance to sit down with some of the crew and talk about the experience so I could come back and share it with you. I want to continue my conversation with Carolyn Rohaley, the communications manager with the Rocky Mountaineer. She talks about the cuisine. Now, you know, if I'm on board, I've got to check out the cuisine pretty thoroughly so I can come back and tell you about it. Here's my conversation with Carolyn. Yeah, we just finished a fabulous lunch. That was really good. We had shrimp and we had roast beef on flatbread. It was amazing. With our culinary program, we try to connect what you're seeing outside by bringing that inside through the food. So we're telling a food story, mm -hmm. and we are uh, we're sourcing local ingredients, and we're making regionally inspired dishes so that you can have that experience in the train of the landscape that you're traveling through. 
Yeah, I know yesterday we had a really nice peach tart for our dessert. And being in Georgia, I mean, we're the peach state, so we know a thing or two about peaches. I have to tell you, Carolyn. So how were the Colorado peaches? Uh, the Colorado peaches were delicious. Fantastic. So it, was, <laughs> it was a great dessert. This uh, Georgia peach loved it. <laughs> Wonderful. So happy that uh, that the Georgia peach loved the peaches. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So it was delicious. The food, as you mentioned, is wonderful. And this is what Rocky Mountaineer is all about. It's a it's about being able to experience um, nature and getting back to the scenery mm-hmm. uh, and and getting back to the outdoors. Sure, you're in a beautiful comfort comfortable <laughs> dome glass dome coach, but you, with the glass dome, you can see everything around you, and you can, you really feel like you're getting back and you're connecting to nature. You do. I mean, you really feel like you're you're outside of of the train because the windows are very wide. And you do have the, the space on the top as well. Absolutely. So you can see up to the sky as well. So it's beautiful. Yep. And then the added bonus is that you get this delectable cuisine, this amazing meals that come right to your, uh, to your seat. And you can enjoy that while you enjoy the scenery. So um, not only while you are on board and you're experiencing the amazing meals, um, you also have amazing service from our fantastic Rocky Mountaineer team. As you know, Anita, they're looking after you. They make sure, you know, they're they're kind of your friends as soon as you get on board. They know your name. They look after everything that you need. They make sure that they know your dietary preferences. So that they're really looking after you. And another really big thing is as part of a Rocky Mountaineer experience is the storytelling. So you have your onboard hosts get to know you as soon as you walk in they're your friends and they make sure that they know what you need your dietary preferences um and not only that but they share the most amazing stories so you're getting to not only are you getting to know the scenery and the landscape outside through the window and then inside through the meals but then you're also getting stories about the history and the mm-hmm. culture and um and the geology so you and really get to too. know some of the yes. stories too yeah which are very fascinating yeah so on board rocky mountain engineer you kind of get everything you get uh you get that incredible scenery the amazing service the um, the delectable meals and uh, and this fantastic storytelling and we like to think that it makes for a fantastic journey that is really a must-do travel experience it, and, it, and it definitely is I mean it is um, a very unique experience that people could come for any of those kind of special dates like an anniversary or birthday or things like that are just because you're absolutely right most of our guests or we find that a lot of our guests are celebrating important milestones but you know what you can just treat yourself to a fantastic two-day mini break on a rocky mountaineer moab to denver rockies the red rocks route and why not treat yourself <laughs> so carolyn okay i'm ready to book another i'm on the train but i'm ready to book another <laughs> another journey but how can our listeners do that what's the website website is rocky mountaineer.com really easy to go to the website you can book your journey there you can also call our call center and that's in the contact section of our website Uh, and you can also speak to your travel agent who should be able to help you out as well and we would love to have have you on on board again but your listeners everybody who's listening out there you really want to come on rocky mountaineer with us and we want to have you on board you really do. You really do. Any of the journeys. I mean, this one that I'm on now, the Red Rocks to the Rockies or the Rockies to the Red Red Rocks, uh, either one of them, the Canadian ones, they're all fantastic. Thanks. You really can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks, Anita. Carolyn did mention stories, and Michael Hannafin, 
who's the host on board the Rocky Mountaineer between the Rockies and the Red Rocks, is a great storyteller. So I'm going to share a couple of uh, his favorite stories. But stay tuned because I want to share a couple more of his stories as well. Here's Mike. There's three, there's three distinctive stories that I have that nobody else tells on the train. Um, I love my last train robbery story that you heard yesterday. And we have to tell my listeners. I know they like that one. Because so we, it's we a, all, we've all watched the westerns. Yes. And we think that trains and train robberies were definitely a thing of the past. Yes, and this was one of the last train robberies uh, in Colorado. Um, And it was a a fun story about how Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid robbed the Rio Grande um, in 1907. Um, Next, My next favorite story to tell is my first kiss story in the Moffat Tunnel. And you're going to hear that here shortly. But uh, it basically goes like this. I was a very lucky man, and I got to ride the ski train every Saturday to Winter Park Ski Area. So from Denver up to Winter Park, the ski area. And... uh, and as early in the season, um, I met this young lady. Uh, we were starting to hit it off a little bit. I was only 11, by the way. And uh, towards the middle of the season, I gained a little more confidence and I would sit with her on the ride back home from skiing. And then by the end of the season, I had my first kiss in the Moffat Tunnel. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so when you go through the Moffat Tunnel now, you think about that. I do every, every time. time. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I love to share the story. And uh, and I, of course, talk about tunnel traditions. There's many traditions uh, to, when you're in a tunnel. You know, if you're in your car, if you're in your car, you might honk your horn. Okay. Uh, but in a train, holding your breath going through the tunnels is a fun tradition. Okay. Putting your hands up in the air, that's another like fun tradition. Okay. Yeah, holding the tunnel up and then, of course, kissing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but Mike, okay, let's go back to the train robbery. So you must tell that one. My listeners will love that. Because this actually happened on this train track, right? It happened okay. on this very line, yes. Uh, again, in 1907, about 8 o'clock at night, one of the last trains of the day pulls into Parachute, Colorado. Uh, the engineer didn't think too much about people getting on and off the train. That's what happens at stations. That is until he had a gun to his head. He was ordered to go down the tracks a mile where the rest of the gang was waiting for them. And uh, they got on the train. They found the safe, brought out their dynamite, boom, blew up the safe. There was no gold, no gold, no money, because this was the third train they robbed that week. And the Rio Grande was onto them. Uh, So they had already had a posse formed. Uh, The gang knew they were in big trouble. So they hightailed it up into the mountains where they got... uh, uh, trapped by or uh, cornered by the posse, um, a gun battle ensued, and one of the gang members was shot, um, and then ended up taking his own life. Um, the rest of the gang got away, uh, but that member, Kid Curry, is buried in Glenwood Springs in the same graveyard as Doc Holliday. Great, so a lot of history on this route. A lot of history, yes, and it's fun for me to talk about railroading history, uh, talk about the early settlers of the area. Um, it's fun to talk about um, the geography and the geology, the ecology. I mean, I just, I give everything. Well, th- I mean, that's part of the experience on the Rocky Mountaineer is your stories Absolutely. and the history, the characters, you know, that are part of the history. And like you said, also the geology and just all the things that we're passing by. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love to talk about the little towns and, and you know, who settled in these areas. Yeah. There are many reasons you may need travel insurance, and coverage is easy when you are booking with your favorite travel supplier. Alias Travel Insurance partners with top airlines, hotels, and travel agencies. Alias Travel Insurance makes it easy to be booked and insured. 
all in one click. Visit their website, AllianceTravelInsurance.com. Now, I'll stop here, but when I come back, that's not it with Michael and his stories. He has some great stories that you can hear going from Moab to Denver, Colorado. Back in a moment here on Travel with Anita and Friends. Travel is about the journey. It's about the experience as you're riding along the rails. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now along the way, as I rode on the Rocky Mountaineer from the Rockies to the Red Rocks route, I had a chance to enjoy the scenery, but also hear the stories that went along with it. Our train host, Michael Hannafin, was a great storyteller, an unbelievable storyteller. Now, I shared a few of his favorite stories in the last segment, but I had a chance to capture some of those stories as he was telling them as we rode along. So you'll hear him tell the stories at a little bit of uh, our engagement with him as he shared stories about the routing, about some of the people, and some of the events that happened on the very same tracks that we were traveling on. Alrighty, we're coming into the town of Thompson Springs. And what this area was really well known for was an area known as the Robber's Roost. So if you notice these canyons that head up to our north here, there's about two canyons here that were both considered Robber's Roost. So I got a story about a couple robbers that robbed the bank down in Moab. They got on their horses, they busted the tail all the way up here. We're hiding out in the Robber's Roost, but it was a well-known Robber's Roost and the posse followed them right up to it. They gave them an option. You can have the noose or you could give the money back. They quickly gave the money back. Now the money went back down to the bank. The tellers were counting out the cash and they had $80 extra. <laughs> A small price to pay. <laughs> this is the site of the Vulcan mine disaster. It's a coal seam fire. And so back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a mine explosion killing all the miners. They reopened the mine just a year later and they had another explosion. So uh, they had to uh, finally seal it up, but that uh, coal seam fire is still burning to this day. It's one of the oldest coal seam fires in the United States. And in the winter, when snow builds up on that mountainside, it will not collect along the seam. All right, so really neat thing about Interstate 70 here in Glenwood Canyon, it was one of the last sections of the entire interstate system to be completed. And a fun fact, the very first section of the entire interstate system was also Interstate 70 in Kansas. But here we are in Glenwood Canyon, and so this construction started in 1989, finished in 93, and uh, before it, it was just a small two-lane highway. So it was still Interstate 70, but just two lanes. And uh, they did that, they, they were very careful about the construction and the delaying of the construction because they didn't want to ruin uh, the beauty of this canyon. They didn't want to just dynamite out a big four-lane highway through the canyon. So they took extra time and had uh, advice from people like John Denver and other political uh, parties and uh, they came up with the design of cantilever bridging over some of the more beautiful sections. Uh, they won the Civil Engineering Award for it. They painted the highway to match the colors of the rocks. Uh, and, uh, and here we have it today, beautiful I-70 through Glenwood Canyon. 
1800s. That was an uphill battle, to say the least, for uh, women. Uh, she wanted to be a telegraph operator. That was typically a, a high-paid job for women back in the 1800s. Uh, but she took her father's advice. She went into medicine, uh, got her doctorate degree. Uh, they were living on the front range uh, in the little town of Pueblo, Colorado, and she came down with tuberculosis. And one of the um, remedies for tuberculosis is to come up into the high mountains of Colorado. The clean mountain air they thought was one of the remedies. So she uh, was looking for work up here, uh, eventually got a job in Fraser as the coroner. Uh, that was the only, they didn't have a doctor at all. Um, she didn't have a car, she didn't have a horse, she walked to every appointment. Uh, she was often paid in wood or with food, no money. Uh, it was, a, again, an uphill battle for women back in those days. Um, she worked through the, the boring of the Moffat Tunnel, uh, worked on a lot of the miners who got injured on that, uh, and eventually she got indoctrined into the Women's Hall of Fame. Doc Susie of Fraser, Colorado, was a major inspiration for a TV show that you might have seen. Quinn, Quinn the Medicine Woman. Doc, yes, Doc Quinn. So that's kind of a neat thing. Uh, so we're here. Um, Fraser and her house is supposedly visible from the trees. But I have never been able to identify which one it is. Of course, it'd be a very old wood structure. But um, anyway, here we are, Fraser, Colorado. Uh, her name was Doc Susan Anderson, or Doc Susie. This entire valley was one single ranch at one time. It was known as the Devil's Thumb Ranch. It has been sectioned off a uh, hundred times or so, and now there's only one little tiny section to it. But there's a beautiful giant wood lodge that's now one of the more uh, uh, swanky places to get married in the mountains of Colorado is the Devil's Thumb Ranch. So the Moffat Tunnel was named after David Moffat. Uh, David Moffat was a very wealthy businessman in Colorado. Uh, he owned over 200 gold and silver mines. It was basically the Elon Musk, if you want to say so, of his time in Colorado. Um, he loved railroading. And so he ended up becoming the president of the Denver and Rio Grande Railroad in the late 1800s. Um, each time, though, he would go to board meetings, he would propose that they build a line directly west out of Denver to connect to Salt Lake City. Of course, Salt Lake City was part of the Transcontinental Railroad, and he wanted to funnel that business into Denver. But the Rio Grande already had a line going to Salt Lake City, but you had to travel an additional 170 miles on their route versus his proposed route. Well, they kept saying no. Well, eventually he started to lay tracks out of Denver into the mountains, and they fired him for it where they were, he was using their money. And they kept saying nobody did it anyway. So they fired him. Uh, he started his own rail company called the Denver Northwestern and Pacific. And that's the line that we've been traveling on ever since we left Bond, Colorado, is uh, the Moffat Road. But the Moffat Road didn't always go through the Moffat Tunnel. They had to go up and over a pass. It was a temporary line. Uh, David Moffat envisioned the tunnel in his in grand schemes. But unfortunately, he died before the Moffat Tunnel ever came to fruition. He was using his own money the entire time he was digging or building the railroad, and he was going broke. So he would head out to the East Coast uh, looking for um, investors. Finally, he got one in 1911, uh, but that investor got a phone call from a competing railroad, 
and that investor pulled out the next day. He was found dead in his hotel that night. So very, very kind of tragic story to Mr. Moffat. Uh, he died penniless because he put every cent into this railroad. Uh, the railroad went into receivership. We had a couple little small companies that took over for a little while. And then guess who bought it? The Rio Grande. So the Rio Grande ended up owning the Moffat Road that they said they didn't want in the first place. Uh, so kind of ironic there on that full twist of the story. Uh, David Moffat didn't even have enough money for a gravestone. So in honor of him, they used one of a, a really beautiful rock that they found in the Moffat Tunnel. And they quarried it and brought it down to Denver and gave that for his, uh, his monument. So kind of a maybe a little silver lining to that sad story. I was just asked, Mike, how do you know all this information? Um, so you making a, it up? And am I making it up? Oh, <laughs> yes, I make everything. No. Um, so Chris Woods, uh, on our very first season, um, we had three training trips before we brought guests on board, and he had written a book of all the highlights of the of the route. Um, I ingested that, changed it a little bit into my style, and. You are getting about 50% of what he wrote. The other 50% is my personal experiences and my knowledge from living in the state my entire life. I personally have done some research and, and made up some of my own stories. Um, what I tell guests, though, is that I have dyslexia. It's off the charts. I'm probably one of the no, most really? dyslexic people you'll ever meet. My spelling, my writing, don't even ask but I had a geographic photographic memory. My wife and I would go on a road trip 20 years ago. I will tell you where we stopped for lunch. I will tell you where she went to the bathroom. I could tell you every little thing about a road trip from 20 years ago. Um, if I go someplace, I don't need a map. I can just kind of get there. Um, so I have, you know, that, that lack of strength in my brain has been compensated with a different strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and I thankfully have the gift of gab, and I, I'm not embarrassed getting in front of people. Um, so Great start, a lot of, yeah, and, and I love to serve, I mean, I love serving. That's like yeah. my favorite thing. If I can make you smile, then I've made, that's made my day. Very interesting and fascinating, right? I tell you, he's a great storyteller. He brings all those stories to life. And you can have this exact same experience on the Rocky Mountaineer on either one of their journeys. But if you do the Rockies to the Red Rocks, you may just have Mike there telling these same stories to you. Now check out their website at RockyMountaineer.com. And go ahead, start booking your travel too. Now I'll stop here, but when I come back, I'll have more to share about my experience on the Rocky Mountaineer. I'm going to move over and talk with Chris Woods, who is the manager of the train on the route, the Rockies to the Red Rocks. Back in a few minutes here on Travel with Anita and Friends. One of the joys of traveling by train is having a chance to relax and take in the view and also have a little cuisine. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, I had a chance to take a journey on the Rocky Mountaineer from Moab, Utah to Denver, Colorado on the Rockies to the Red Rocks route. And one of the things I enjoyed was having some delicious cuisine, but also hearing some of the stories and just having the whole experience. 
I asked Chris Woods, the train manager for the Rockies to the Red Rocks, to tell us a lot about what your experience would be like when you board the Rocky Mountaineer. It's a wonderfully comfortable and scenic journey between uh, Denver and Moab. Um, there's nothing like rolling down the rails and uh, being able to look out the window, big picture windows, and enjoy the views of the Rocky Mountains or the Red Rock Canyons, uh, some of the gorges we go through uh, while you're enjoying some great food and wine mm -hmm. along the way. And of course, uh, the Canadian service that we bring down here to the uh, Rockies to the Red Rocks route. We have a fabulous team of hosts on board who look after your every need. And they do. I can vouch for that, <laughs> for sure. But now, this is not an overnight train, though. The guests are not staying overnight. No, that's right. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to sleep on a train, but it's never worked for me. <laughs> so we go to a beautiful town called Glenwood Springs. Uh, we stop the train overnight. The guests can explore. You can uh, look around and have a soak in the natural hot springs. Uh, and then you get a nice restful bed in a hotel overnight. And uh, join us again the next morning for the second day. So this is a two-day, and we are basically traveling during the day. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're looking at the scenery. So two daylight uh, days uh, on the Rocky Mountaineer, overnight in a comfortable hotel in Glenwood Springs, and you arrive in your destination of Moab or Denver. And do we arrive with enough time to do some things in Glenwood Springs? Uh, when you're traveling in our uh, westbound direction, you're getting into Glenwood Springs about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So the hot springs are open till 9 or 10 o'clock at night, depending on where you, uh, where you go. And uh, always nice to wander around the town, meet some of the friendly locals, and have a drink in the bar. So now I started this journey in Moab, but we can start in Denver? Correct, yeah. Train goes in both directions, so you can start in either Denver or Moab. You can uh, enjoy uh, either starting in the national parks or finishing in the national parks around Moab. And we've had some very delicious meals and snacks and everything on board, too. And you've been a bartender giving us some really nice beverages as well. That's right. Of course, when I talked about all your needs and, uh, and wants taken care of on the train, we have a great host team in the rail cars. Each of the rail car has its own uh, culinary host as well as a, a host providing the uh, storytelling along the way, describing what's out the window. Uh, and yeah, in each of our lounge cars, we have a bartender taking care of the uh, finer details. Mm, and the finer details are all met. I can vouch for that as well. So our, uh, our fixed capacity uh, on the consist is 260. Uh, so we have five uh, of these rail cars that we, um, that we fill. We do have extra rail cars down here that we can put on the consist if say uh, there was a bigger group or something like that that we needed to accommodate. Uh, but uh, 260 is the number we work in. All of our stations have a lift. So it just goes up uh, into the into the rail car. We have uh, wheelchairs, narrow aisle wheelchairs that we use on board to move people around. So um, it is uh, people with uh, canes or who have difficulty with stairs, we're easily able to accommodate them. Uh, and then in our destinations, we always have an ADA bus, so a bus with a lift in, uh, if people need extra help getting up and down the stairs. As our first uh, expansion to the United States, there's a lot of uh, factors that come into play. The most significant one, of course, is what you're seeing outside the windows right now. Uh, it's being able to travel through some areas that perhaps are inaccessible in other ways. Uh, so we can give you that uh, privileged access to this kind of scenery. Of course, Ruby Canyon yesterday, uh, only accessible if you're in one of those moon-driven rafts. Or 
uh, on the comfort of Rocky Mountaineer. Um, and so that was a big part of it, as well as finding destinations. Uh, you know, Rocky Mountaineer accesses some fabulous national parks in Canada, uh, and finding that down here was, uh, was definitely on the menu as well. Uh, and of course, Denver being a uh, fantastic city is a, a great place as well. Now, Chris, how did you get involved in this? Have you always been with Rocky Mountaineer? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I started with Rocky Mountaineer uh, more years ago than I want to count uh, <laughs> on board the that. routes in Canada. And uh, I've just sort of evolved with the uh, activity on here and done a lot of different jobs within the company. It's a great place to work. Uh, you've probably seen it in the host's eyes. They're all having a lot of fun out here. And uh, why wouldn't you want to work with a bunch of happy colleagues serving people who are on vacation and having fun as well? And traveling through such a beautiful you know, scenery each direction that you look. That's right, yeah, and I never stop looking out the window. I've been running this train since uh, August 2021, almost two years now, and I still see things I haven't seen before, uh, and I still enjoy looking out the window when I get a moment to stop making drinks. <laughs> exactly, when you get a moment. Well, Chris, I know you've got to get back to a busy job here, so thanks so much for sitting down with me, and thanks so much for all of the great service and everything on board as well. It's our pleasure, Anita. It's been uh, wonderful having you on board, and I uh, look forward to seeing lots of your uh, listeners and friends on board in the future. Well, I think they're already clicking. They probably turned me off, and they're already clicking on the on your website to, to get booked. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me, too, actually. Thanks a lot, Chris. All right. Thank you, Anita. What a memorable experience from Moab to Denver. The Rocky Mountaineer takes you to places you cannot get to except by rail. This year, during my discovery of ways to include sustainability in travel, the Rocky Mountaineer is an excellent example with their initiatives of working with and partnering with local companies for tours and sourcing products for on board the train, to composting and recycling on board the train. They're doing it right, helping the environment and contributing to the success of the communities they travel through. For more information about the National Parks, visit the website nps.gov and then search for the Arches and Canyonlands. Both will be there. Now, Arches National Park is called the Red Rock Wonderland. And when you get there, you'll see why. It's filled with formations, giant balancing rocks, massive rock fins, fascinating trails to explore, and the perfect spot for sunsets. You can take a ride on a Hummer for an exhilarating ride on top of the rocks to the perfect spot to see not only the sunsets, but the Colorado River and just take in all of those arches. And Canyonlands takes you to an extraordinary experience high above all of those canyons. For miles and miles, you can just see them. Islands in the sky, the needles, the maze, and the rivers, you can see them all. But now make sure as you're planning to click on the rules and the regulations tab to make sure that your plans are going to follow all of the do's and all of the don'ts. You don't want to get there and have any surprises. Make sure also that you're checking out the time slots because you will have to make a reservation. And then if you're planning to go hiking, camping, backpacking, whatever you're planning to do, all of the information is listed there on the website to help you plan. Or maybe you're just going to drive through like we did and stop and take lots of pictures. It is definitely the perfect place for that. They even give some tips and pointers on taking pictures. And make sure you get all of the pictures that you want the best way you can. 
Now to start planning it all, go back to the Rocky Mountaineer at RockyMountaineer.com. That's their website to help you plan the whole trip. I want to send out a special thank you to the Rocky Mountaineer crew who travel with me. Nicole, Dallas, Carolyn, Chris, Mike, and Dylan, you all are the very best. Thank you so much for a wonderful experience. But now my experience on board the Rocky Mountaineer can be your experience too. Visit their website, RockyMountaineer.com. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back soon with another great destination. Bye-bye. Now, I know you've heard me say I have a travel buddy, and that's Allianz Travel Insurance. They take all of the worry out of my trips. There's no stressing over things like covered trip delays, cancellations, or even interruptions. I'm having all the fun while they're covering the unforeseen circumstances. You can do that, too, by visiting their website, AllianzTravelInsurance.com, to learn more been listening to Travel with Anita. For more, log on to her website, travelwithanita with two ends.com and listen to her award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Anita will be back in two weeks with another exciting adventure for you and your travel buddies. So keep those passports updated and remember to always travel safe and travel smart. Right, Jack? Uh, uh, uh.